Well, hey, last uh, Saturday, my son was playing football, and we had to get to the field. And I don't know about you, but we don't always leave enough margin in our schedule like we should, like when we need to leave. And, uh, you know, he couldn't find his shoes, and it was his mouth guard, and it was this and that. And finally, we're out the door, and I pull up Google Maps on my phone, and we are on the way. And I, I was there maybe a year or two ago, so I vaguely kind of remember where this field is, and, and, and I thought it was a different direction but the Googs was telling me to turn right on this one street, and I did not think I should turn. But in that kind of situation, am I going to trust my memory? Absolutely not. I am trusting the Googs. And so I turn right, and we're about a mile down the road before I realize we are nowhere where we need to be. And not only that, now we're even later than we were before, and we got to go, and I'm stressed out, and the phone, all it keeps saying is recalculating, recalculating. I'm like, I know you got to go to space and back, but could you hurry up? I am late for a football game. And we finally got there, and here's what I discovered. I don't like to be lost. And I bet you don't like to be lost, do you? Right? That's not a fun feeling, but here's the bummer about being lost. You don't know you're lost while you're getting lost. By the time you realize you are lost, you've probably been lost already for a while, right? But us guys, even when we're lost, we drive with confidence, don't we? Yes, we, wow, <laughs> I heard a few ladies say, uh-huh, okay, I'm just going to leave that alone. Uh, but lost or not, every road you're on will ultimately lead you to a certain destination. You don't end up where you wanted to go, you end up wherever that road leads. Isn't that true? And your path, whatever highway you're on, whatever road you're on, whatever path you're on, determines your destination. And as obvious as that is for geography, when it comes to our lives, the principle is still the same. Even though, for some of us, we would like to ignore this principle. And for the next several weeks, we're going to unpack this idea of destinations and where our lives are headed. But today, I want to give you a principle that will kind of set up the whole series, all right? And so it's the very first filling on your notes, and it's called the principle of the path. Say that with me. The principle of the path. And here it is. Are you ready? This is it. Your direction always determines your destination. Your direction always determines your destination. Let's say that out loud together. Your direction always determines your destination. The back two rows, we're not loud enough. Here we go, ready? Your direction always determines your destination. You know what we used to do before Google Maps? Remember that? You haven't seen one of those in a long time, have you? And before, we'd have to, like, highlight the route, and we'd write it down, and then when we get close, we'd stop at a gas station and say, now, do you know where this is? I need further directions. But here's the thing about this principle, that your direction always determines your destination, is that if you want to go to Texas, and you pack, and you plan, and you do all those sorts of things, and you get on 35W going north, let me tell you something. This may be a surprise to you. If you take 35W North, you are never getting to Texas. It doesn't matter how much you packed. doesn't matter how well you planned. doesn't even matter if you prayed over your trip. If you want to get to Texas and you get on 35W North, you will not arrive at your destination. And the same is true of your marriage path. The same is true of your dating path. The same is true of your financial path. The same is true of your health path. The same is true of your parenting path. The same is true of of your spiritual path, 
that your direction in life will always determine your destination. And that's what this whole series is about and what we're going to talk about for the next several weeks. But here's the bummer. And some of us already know this. And here's the next fill-in. There seems to be a huge disconnect for people of where they want to be in life and the path they have chosen. For many, many people, there seems to be this huge disconnect for where they want to be in life versus the path that they have chosen. Because let's be honest for a moment. If you've looked at anybody's life who has crashed, their marriage has crashed, financially they've crashed, morally they've crashed, whatever it is, and you listen to their story and you see the path they were on, you end up thinking, come on, you end up thinking to yourself, don't you, what did you expect? How did you not see this coming? You ended up exactly where the choices of your path were leading you. But then sometimes if we crash, we often get mad at God, don't we? How would you allow me to end up in this spot? I thought you loved me. I thought you cared about me. And it's true. He does love us and he does care about us, but we're not robots. And, and, and you know, God didn't get us in that mess. It's our choices that got us into that mess. So why does this happen sometimes? How do we get on the wrong path? How do we end up in destruction, all of that? Here it is, because for many of us, don't miss this, for many of us, we think our hopes, dreams, and intentions will somehow override life choices we need to make to end up where we want to be. For many of us, we think our hopes, dreams, and intentions will somehow override the choices we need to make to end up where we want to be. Much like the Green Bay Packers this year, they have hopes, They have dreams and they have intentions. But the path they're on today is through the Minnesota Vikings. And it is not going to end well for them. If the Packers win, I may not show up next Sunday. (laughs) All right. And here's the truth. This is the next film on your notes. The principle of the path will always override our hopes, dreams, and intentions every single time. Your direction will always determine your destination. Not your hopes, not your dreams, not your desires, not even your prayers. Your direction in life will ultimately decide your destination. And over the next couple weeks, we are going to talk about many paths that we need to take in life. But today, I want to read a story to you. It's an amazing, profound, life-impacting story found in Proverbs chapter 7. And this book was written by the wisest man in the world. His name was Solomon. And in this passage, he writes a story about himself standing at a window, looking down at a young man going down a path, and he realizes that he sees the end result before the young man does. And it's not going to end well. Do you remember as a parent, maybe as a grandparent, when you were helping your kids ride their bikes, and you saw the tree or the light post before they did? And it was like slow motion, and you're like and they crashed, Solomon has this experience as he's looking out his window at this young man. And we pick up the story in Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6, and it reads this way. At the windows of my house, I looked down through the lattice, and I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. Now, if you're a teenager here today, he is not trying to offend you. 
all right? He is simply saying that in order to have good sense, you need some experience in life. And as a youth, you just haven't had much time and much experience. And so he sees this young man who probably lacks a little judgment. Now, let's be honest. How many of us, when we were teenagers, we lacked a little judgment? Let me see your hands, right? How many of you should be lifting up the hand of the person next to you, right? Okay. You've heard some stories, haven't you? Yes. So here's this guy named Solomon. He's looking out, and he sees this young man, and he continues in verse 8. It says, he was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading and the dark of night was setting in. Now, you do not have to be a biblical scholar to maybe guess where this story is beginning to go. He refers to this young man going down by her house on her corner, on her street, and apparently everybody knew who her was. Her reputation had proceeded her. And as this young, I mean, I could just see this, this young man is strutting a little bit down this street towards her house, and he's got a little soundtrack playing in his mind. Do you know what it is? Born to be wild. I mean, he is just like, yeah, this is my moment. And Solomon, while he is standing up and looking through the window, he also has a soundtrack playing in his mind. Do you know what that one was? dun dun You're about to get eaten by a great white. Stop! And there seems to be a huge contrast between what the old wiser man is seeing and what the young man perceives to be happening. Why is that? Why the contrast? It's because the older man understands the principle of the path that your direction in life will always determine your destination. And this young man thinks he is in for an exciting event, and the old man knows there's a path, and that every path has its destination. And so here this young man walks, and we all know that nothing good happens after dark, right? That's what our parents told us. And so here's this kid on her corner, on her street. The dark of night has set in, and Solomon is watching all of this from his window. And verse 10 says... Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. Now, can you see where this might be going? I don't think it was to do some crafts, okay? I can tell you that right now. Verse 11, she is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She took a hold of him and kissed him. I mean, this is every teenage boy's dream. I mean, he is loving life right now. She has locked lips with him, and with a brazen face, she said, Today I have fulfilled my vows, and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. I know it doesn't make sense. I'll make sense of it in a second. But this kid can't believe it's happening to him. He's asking, Is this for real? Am I dreaming? She came to find me. How lucky am I? And she makes this interesting statement. She says that she is done fulfilling her vows. What does that mean? Well, it means she just got done coming back from the temple to offer a sacrifice for her past sins. 
And essentially what she is saying is, I just emptied my bucket of sin, and now I am ready to fill it back up with you. In fact, I even have some food left over if you're hungry. And the truth is, all of us, I think, in some way or another, we've done exactly this, especially if you were raised Catholic or Protestant, because we kind of have a, we have a system with God, don't we? We have this system that, and if you're Catholic, you would fill up your sin bucket, and what would you do? You would go see the priest, right? You would confess your sin. He would take it before God. Your sin bucket would be emptied, and you'd leave to go out and fill it up again. And if you were Protestant, uh, you did it really the same way, except you just skipped the priest, right? You just went right to God. And we think that after saying a magic prayer, God just erases our sin and can't even remember what we did wrong, and we think he's kind of stupid because we've kind of figured out that we have a formula and a system that if we can live however we want as long as we say the magic prayer at the end of the day. And while it's true that God loves us, and while it's true he will forgive us every time we ask, it doesn't change the principle of the path. That your direction in life will always determine your destination. So verse 16 She continues after kissing him. She says, I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I'm sure it looked beautiful. I perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. I'm sure it smelled good. Come, let us drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. And this kid is left speechless. His wildest dreams are coming true. And she continues, my husband is not at home, to which I'd say, glad to hear it. Uh, He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money. And I don't know why he has a purse. That's another topic for another day. And will not be home until the full moon. She's saying, listen, you don't even have to leave in the morning. If you want to hang out for a few days, my husband's going to be gone for a while. Oh, just think of what a great time we will have together. Now, right here, I just want to hit the pause button. And I want to ask all of us an important question. As we are all looking in and listening into this story, for this young man, do you think this is a good idea or a bad idea? What do you think? Mediocre, okay, right? I mean, good idea or bad? Some of you are saying, hey, this is a bad idea, and you think, oh, I think that's the right answer because we're in church, right? I think it's supposed to be bad. This is a bad idea. It was amazing to me is that on the outside, as we're looking into this story, we already know that trouble probably lies ahead. We see this young man, and we just want to shout through the pages, duh, don't do it. Don't go down her street. Don't go in her house. We see it's leading nowhere good. And sometimes we even see this happening in our friends' lives around us, don't we? We see them going down the wrong path, and we see it coming. We see them making bad decisions and we say to ourselves, can't they see what they're about to do? And sometimes we'll even try to warn them. Sometimes we'll try to even talk to them. But here's what's so interesting is that while we can see it in other people's lives, most of the time we can't see our own danger when we're on that path. There's something that has blinded us in this moment. Solomon would say the same thing we'd say to this young man, don't do it. Don't go down her street. And in verse 21, it says, with persuasive words, she led him, what's that word? Astray. 
She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter. How many of you have ever seen an ox get slaughtered? Anybody? I've got a picture. I'll show you. I'm just kidding. I don't have a picture. I'm just kidding. That would be entirely inappropriate. I've never seen an ox get slaughtered, but I cannot imagine that it is a very good sight. Really? I think we'd all agree on that. Pretty gruesome. But Solomon isn't done. It's also like a deer stepping into a noose until an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now, Ryan, 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 aren't you being a little dramatic? I mean, this, this story sounds very extreme. I mean, come on, Ryan, it's just a date. Is it really? Or is it a path? I mean, right, come on, come on, it's just one more drink. It's a path. Oh, no, 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 it's just a little flirting. That's all it is. It's a path. I mean, it's just fudging the numbers just a little bit. It's a path. I, I, it's, it's just this one time. It's a path. You can fill in your blank with whatever it is. But here's this young man not knowing that the choice he's about to make is going to cost him his life. And he's going to say what maybe some of us have said before. When life has begun to fall apart, we've said things like, I don't know how I ended up here. How did I end up in this mess? How did my life begin to fall apart the way it is? And Solomon, if he could reach through the pages in the history of time, he would say to us all these thousands of years later, it's because of the path you chose because your direction in life will always determine your destination see here's your next fill and when you're only looking at the here and now instead of where the path is going danger lies ahead and that happens doesn't it we get so caught up in just what's right in front of us, so we don't look down the road how that might impact our life, how it could impact our relationships, how it could impact us financially, how it could impact us spiritually or morally. We just look at the here and now. And all these years later, here's Solomon, who's talking to us in verse 24. He says, now then, listen to me. Pay attention. And any time the wisest man that's ever lived says, pay attention, we should probably pay attention. And he says, do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray to her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. I mean, he's saying this is not a unique situation. It's not special. She's not your soulmate. In fact, in fact, young man, you're a part of a crowd. And not a crowd that you want to be a part of. Many are the victims that this has taken down. And today isn't about an affair. That's not what this story is about. It is about the paths that you and I take in life that have the potential to destroy our future. And he finishes up by saying, verse 27, her house, 
I know it looks super exciting right now to you from the outside, but let me give you a clue about that house. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. Here's the truth. We're all on a highway. We're on a highway of life. And for some of us, we're on the wrong highway. And part of it is because of this, your next fill-in, that our culture feeds us a lie that as long as our intentions are good, that our choices don't matter, but it's a trap. That's what our culture tells us. Oh, if your intentions are good, it doesn't matter what choices you make in life. Everything will work out fine. And it's a trap. It's a lie. It's not true. It's like we've been disconnected from the reality of our own choices. And I want to give you a few examples. And with these few examples, I don't mean to offend you. I don't mean to step on your toes. I just want to bring the reality back in front of us. Because there's some of you that have said, I want to have a family with rock-solid relationships. And so I'm going to pour my life into per, in my profession and be gone as much as possible. You see, while your intentions were good, your path has a final destination. You might have said, I want a marriage that lasts. I want to celebrate 68 years. I, I want to be in the nursing home feeding each other jello. You know, I just want to have that kind of relationship. And because that's my intention, I'm going to flirt on the side. And see somebody else without my significant other knowing. It's a path with a destination. I want to be financially secure, you might say, with a big fat savings account, retirement plan, living the good life from 65 on. And so I'm going to choose to keep up with the Joneses now. I'm not going to worry about credit card debt. I'm going to get, I'm going to get now what I know I can't afford. And it's a path. With a final destination. And maybe you're a teenager here today. And you say, you know what, I, I want to have a bright future. I want to make right choices. I want to make decisions that my parents are proud of. I don't want to carry regrets throughout my life. And so I'm going to go hang out with a group of friends that's going the total opposite direction of where I want to end up. And while your intentions might be good, the path has a destination. That's why I always used to say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The people you hang out with, you will become like whether you like it or not. Or maybe you'd say, I want to I live to be old, to be able to invest in my grandkids one day. And so because of that, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to ignore my health. I'm going to ignore doctor's orders and just roll the dice. It's a path with a destination. Well, Ryan, I, I want to grow in my faith journey. I want to get closer to God. I want to read the Bible. I want to pray. And so every morning when I wake up, I'm just going to watch the news and scroll on Facebook. And I'm going to make sure my Sundays are so jam-packed that I never get to church. It's a path with a final destination. Because that's a principle that we can't get away from. Our destination will always be determined by the direction in life we're going. And the reason we end up on the wrong path, this is your next fill, and the reason we end up on the wrong path, and you know this, there's an emotional appeal that comes, that causes us to ignore the final destination of that path, isn't there? 
we're in the here and the now, and it just it feels oh, it's so exciting and oh, full of life, and oh man, I'm invigorated and all this. And we, there's an emotional appeal. And for this young man on this street, there's an emotional appeal to have something he shouldn't have. But here's what I know about emotions, and you know this too, that our emotions can rarely be trusted. Right? One day you feel down in the dumps, the next day you feel super like, hey, let's do it, and nothing's changing your circumstances. Why is that? Because your emotions are deceiving. And it's exactly why Solomon said in verse 24, don't let your heart turn towards her path. What was he saying? Don't get caught up in the emotion of this. Don't let the emotions in your heart drive you to a place you don't want to end up. He's appealing to him and he's appealing to us. You see, next fill-in, we become so fixated with what or who is on the path that it has blinded us to the principle of the path. We become fixated with what's on the path and who's on the path. That we forgot to get our head above water and look at the final destination. Where is this path taking me? And that's why Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. And so the question becomes twofold as we get ready to wrap this thing up. Twofold. And it's two questions that have the potential this morning to change your life if you'll let it. And it's right in your notes, and here's the two questions. Number one, where do you want to end up? And secondly, what path are you currently on? Where do you want to end up? In other words, what do you want your final destination to be? In your relationships, in your marriage with your kids, financially, in your health, what do you want your final destination to be? And then the follow-up question, so important. Am I on the right path that will get me to those destinations because if not, Solomon would say, change paths before it's too late. Change course. The path is headed for destruction. And maybe you've been on the wrong path for a while. And everyone can see it but you. And maybe it's why God has sent a trusted friend, he sent a parent, he sent a relative, a spouse, to bring up the awkward and difficult conversation about the path you're currently on. Or maybe you've allowed the wrong people or influences to get you on the wrong path, and little do you know that you are like an ox headed for the slaughter. I had a really good friend of mine when I was a teenager, and... Uh, when I was about 14 years old, I realized that uh, our lives were going in different directions. The paths that we were taking, the decisions we were making, differences between right and wrong. And whenever I'd hang out with them, we'd end up doing stuff that I knew was wrong. And uh, I had some voices speaking into my life, people saying, is this what you want for your life? Is this where you want to end up? And so I decided to take a different path and decided that I just couldn't hang out with him anymore. And for the next couple months, I'll tell you, it was lonely. Uh, no fun being like 14, hanging out on the weekends by yourself and your parents, <laughs> right? But after a couple months, God brought some new friends in my life and things were on track. And really, I lost 
touch with my friend until I was about 17 years old. And he showed up in my house, and I was outside working on my car, and uh, he somehow got a hold of me, and I told him where I was and all that, and he showed up, and uh, he walked up to me, uh, tears streaming down his face, and he put a bag of cocaine in my hand, and he said, I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this. Ryan, will you help me? And I said, of course, and wrap my arms around him, hugged him, pray with him, and you know, I'm holding his drugs, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. No one's ever done this. I don't know. I could get arrested. The police, what if they came around the corner? Oh, my gosh. And we went inside and flushed it down the toilet and began a, a journey of walking with him. But after a few months, walked away from that all and really lost touch with him from the time I was 17 until I was about 23 years old. Another six years passed. And out of the blue, one night, I was in my house. I don't know how he found my house. My doorbell rang, and I went down, and there he was again. Drugs in his hand, tears streaming down his face, saying, Ryan, will you help me? My life's a mess. It's destroyed. I need to get on a, a different path. Went through the same routine again. Flushed the drugs, did all that. Called Minnesota Teen Challenge and got him a spot. And it's a drug and rehabilitation program. And he was there for about a month or so before he ran away from the program. And I lost touch with him again. And about seven or eight years ago, he reached out through Facebook and he just said, Ryan, I wanted to let you know that a miracle's happened in my life. That I've truly, for the first time in my life, surrendered everything I am to Jesus. And he set me free from drug addiction. And now for the last eight years, he has been clean. And God has restored his marriage and relationship with his kids. And it's been such a beautiful thing to watch. So many years wasted. And I thought to myself, the power of a path. And in the moment, we don't even realize it. We have good intentions and we try hard and all of those things the truth that we can't get away from, that we can't escape, is that our direction in life will always determine our destination. And that's why I want to ask you these last two questions one more time. Where do you want to end up? And what path are you currently on? It's so important. Where do you want to end up? And what path are you currently on? But here's the good news, and it's the last filling in your notes. When we invite Jesus to be the leader of our lives and give him permission to speak to our path, something powerful happens. Because every single person will have to come to a point and they've got to make a decision. Am I good enough? Am I strong enough to save myself? And if not, the question becomes, who's going to save you? Who has the power to forgive your sin? Who has the power to put you on a new path? Who has the power to give you hope for the future? I only know of one person, Jesus. The same man that predicted his own death and resurrection. The one who died on the cross to take all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of our sin upon himself. So I don't know what path you're on, but your heavenly Father knows. 
And he loves you. In fact, in spite of all your difficulty, the truth is you've never lived an unloved day. Your heavenly father has always had his eye on you, waiting for you to change course, waiting for you to get on the right path so that you can be forgiven and made whole and have a new hope in life. And it's so amazing when you start to follow Jesus, the pressure's not on you to lead. He can lead and we can just follow. And he leads us into those places that we really want to end up in life. And so if it's true that your direction always determines your destination, where are you headed? Would you mind closing your eyes all over this room as we get ready to pray? If you're here this morning and you're not on the right path spiritually and you'd like to make Jesus Christ the leader of your life and your sin forgiven, I'm going to have you just very quietly right to yourself. I'm going to invite you to repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Dear Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. There's many wrong paths I've taken. But today I want to get on your path. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. That you died for me and rose again. And from this day forward, I want you to be the leader of my life. You lead and I'll follow. Help me on this journey. Thank you for loving me just as I am. In Jesus' name. And Heavenly Father, for all of us, we will readily admit that we get so easily sidetracked onto paths that we shouldn't be on. And so we're asking for your help. We're asking for your strength. We're asking for your guidance that your Holy Spirit would live in us to speak to us even tomorrow morning as we get up and we start our week, speak to our hearts about things that we should stop or start or back away from. Help us to see the final destination of those paths and choose something else. We're so grateful that you love us enough to continually correct us so that we can end up exactly where we want to be and exactly where you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray.